0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite coworker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing this afternoon, Robert?
1: Ali, doing just great. Can't wait to go ahead and start breaking down week eight with you. Plenty of line moves already from Monday to today.
0: I'm glad that we're doing this earlier in the week than our usual Friday because I looked at the spreads yesterday when I go to make my picks, and I had a lot of. A lot of ones I was confident in, but even a few that I still am on the block with. So probably us two talking definitely will get my get get me a little more comfortable in some of my picks or maybe decide to change them entirely. So let's start with tomorrow night's game, the Thursday night game. We actually have a matchup I'm looking forward to for the first time, I believe, since week one when we had the Bills take on the Rams. But we have the Bucks and the Ravens tomorrow. Now, before the season started, people would have circled this game as a must-see. I still think it is a must-see, but you have the Bucks trending way, way down. The Ravens have been playing kind of around 500 all year. They're not the dominant team we expected them to be with a healthy Lamar Jackson. So before we go any further, Robert, what are we looking at for the line for the game tomorrow?
1: So the Ravens opened up as a two-and-a-half point favorite in Tampa, so it's basically – the the end of all things Tampa Bay Buccaneers. However, there's been a pretty good strong line move on Tampa. It's now the Ravens' only one-point favorite and the total 45-and-a-half.
0: This is a perfect example for me where everyone is going to be fading Tampa Bay. They just lost to the worst team in the league, the Panthers. They lost the week before that to the Steelers. They haven't really looked good in any game yet this year. This is a game, Thursday night, short week, you have a veteran player in Tom Brady, a lot of veterans on the Bucs. You look at Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I think the Bucs get it together. And we've seen the Ravens really not, not blow anyone out. They really haven't played up to any one of their competition this year. We saw them lose to, to Miami. Yes, they beat Cincinnati, but they needed at home a late field goal. I think this is a trap game for the Ravens. I think the Bucks match up very well against them. They still have a very good defense. I think that they contain Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson really the last few games has just been relying on his legs. He really hasn't thrown. I don't even remember the last time he's thrown for over 200 yards. I think even the other day he only made a couple of completions. He really didn't have a big passing game. I think they take away his running ability, force him to throw the ball. And I really, I, I hate to say it, but I like the Bucks in this one. How about you?
1: You know, it's it's a three and four record through seven games. Baltimore's four and three, right? And so it's one game. Baltimore, of course, they had many opportunities to, to have a far better record than where they're at today just because of the way they found collapses, you know, in, in the way that the game has ended for them. I have this game... Uh, uh, Actually, favorite the other way, Allie. And so with the breakdown of, of what I see, I, I do feel that Tampa is definitely much the best here. Uh, and I, I'll probably pick them to win this game outright. Uh, no need to go ahead and grab the point myself here. I I think Tampa wins this one at home tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard for me to go against Tom Brady in primetime A. And Lamar Jackson, I just feel, I, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but I've said from time to time, I just haven't seen him win those big games. I really haven't. Not saying, you know, we gate in those in the regular seasons a big game, but it is. It's a marquee game. The Ravens really need that statement win. They have the same exact record as their opponent, the Bengals, for the for the AFC North title. I think that they the Ravens need the win. And I just think they come up short. There's still a lot of question marks with their injuries. We really don't know with their run game one week, it's Gus Edwards, one week it's J.K. Dobbins, one week it's Kenyon Drake. I don't really think that's going to make a difference. I think, like I said, that they are going to be forcing Lamar Jackson to throw the ball a lot. I think they're going to take away the run game. They're really going to make the pass rush go up strong with their front seven. I, I'm with you, Robert. I, I really like the Bucks here. What about the total? What are we looking at? Do you like the over or the under more?
1: Well, it's, it's a Thursday. Thursday night game. And uh, if you recall how we've been breaking down primetime games, they all have been going under. Yeah. Uh, no, this was a little bit strange because we opened it up very, very low. We opened it up at 43.5 points and it's since climbed all the way up to 46, uh, some 45 and a halfs out there. But I do believe that this game does go under the total.
0: I've bet the under on every single Thursday night game this year so far. Only two of the seven games have gone over. Last week was just a weird game where there was just a bunch of pick sixes with the saints and the Cardinals. We know the Browns. And I believe it was week two on Thursday night where it was just a, one of the worst bad beats you're going to see if you were an under better last second blocked punt resulted in a touchdown or, or muff pump. I should say I'm with you. I like the over. We both like the bucks. I know that there's a lot of public money, probably going to go against the bucks because everyone a likes to bet against Tom Brady, and the Bucks have been losing, but I do think that they turned around this weekend or this week. All right, let's move to the next marquee game. If you remember, Robert, a few weeks ago, ran, when the Rams and Niners played together the first time, they played on Monday night football. Niners were a one and a half point favorite. It was pretty much my lock of the week. I love the Niners. I've said they've owned the Niners. I've loved. I said the Niners have owned the Rams in recent years. You went the other way. You like the Rams. So, before I ask you your pick, if you still like the Rams, what are we looking at though in the spread right here?
1: <laughs> Oddly enough, yeah, we I I, I I tried to take lessons learned from the first match. <laughs> San Francisco was a two and a half point favorite, uh, and in came the Rams' money. So now uh, it went down to uh, San Francisco two, and finally one and a half, which is where everyone's at. The two teams that are you know basically you know, they've got three wins on the year, the both of them, the total. Uh, set very low at only 40 and a half points. It's since climbed up to 43 and some 43 and a half out there as well.
0: I like the over a lot in this game. I think McCaffrey, now that he's had a week to practice with the offense, I think he has a very explosive game. I think the Rams, even though they they had a win against Carolina two weeks ago, they had a bye this past week. I still think they are just a mediocre team at best. Again, a team that really hasn't beat anyone that is equal to their competition this year. Stafford just seems to be on a totally different page with all of his receivers, with the exception of Cooper Cup. I'm sticking with the 49ers, Robert. I said a few weeks ago, the Niners have just owned the Rams over the years. Kyle Shanahan seems to know their number. For some reason, Sean McVay struggles coaching against them. I'm going to stick with the Niners. How about you?
1: Despite the injury report coming in Monday with uh, some some really You know, weird names appearing. Uh, You know, we've got, obviously, we know know that. Actually, as I break it down, I'm looking right now, not only is uh, Samuel questionable uh, as he injured his hamstring, uh, I'm also seeing Kyle Yuschik out as well. And he's definitely out. Uh, I guess he must have either broke or really sprained his finger bad, and that's not going to help his cause at all. Uh, Kinlaw. Uh, He was on the IR, obviously, so there's going to be a couple of key injuries. San Francisco's been, you know, pretty battered around for a while, uh, and and they're going to have to have their depth tested once again. However, haven't mentioned his name yet. Kid comes home, Bay Area. Of course, Christian McCaffrey is going to make up a a massive, massive massive difference, and I agree. Uh, The first game, they kind of gave him very limited reps. Uh, I I expect to see him on the field for 80% of all of the snaps offensively. And I do feel San Francisco covers this number pretty easily.
0: Yeah. I mean, you look at this game too, and the Niners, they do the same thing against the Rams. They just consistently run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. They'll have fifth, something like 15 play drives. They really crush the Rams defense, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, all of them. They they end up being gassed by just by the second half alone. Now you add Christian McCaffrey to the mix, who I think is just going to have – easily 100 plus yards from scrimmage in this game I think the combination of him and Debo Samuel if he plays is just going to be too much for opposing defenses to handle Jimmy G basically is just going to have to drop back and hand off the ball it's it's disappointing for Brandon Ayuk owners in fantasy football but hey that's too bad I'm with you Niners cover this one and I actually think they win it like they did in the Monday night game they win it handily. Let's move on to a game that probably a few weeks ago people would have thought might have been as close to a pick'em, maybe Bills only minus two, minus three. But we're looking at an entirely different spread now for the Packers and the Bills this week, Robert. So let me warn the listeners, you might want to sit back for a second because you're probably not going to believe Robert when he says what the spread is. But why don't you go ahead, Robert?
1: In the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, He's going to be a double digit dog with uh, the game on Sunday night. Buffalo Bills are now 11 and a half point favorites up from the 10 and a half that we opened it Monday. Uh um, total set to 47 and a half alley.
0: That we talked about this on Monday. That is crazy that Aaron Rodgers has never been a double digit dog until right now. You would have thought maybe his rookie season, his second season. No, it is one of his it is this game against the Bills. And I don't think that the spread is inflated at all. I think that it is just the right number. We've seen Green Bay struggle against far inferior competition. You look at they just lost to Washington last week. They lost to the Jets. While the Giants, I believe, are for real, they still blew a big lead to them. Robert, I don't see how the Packers hang with the Bills this game. I know it's a big number. I know Aaron, the, the prospect of getting 11.5 points with Aaron Rodgers might be juicy, might be tempting. But... I'm not going to take that apple off the tree. I'm going to take the Bills. I think they're the best team in the league. I think the Packers are in the middle of the bunch at best. I'm going with the Bills to cover. How about you? You
1: know, it, it's it's really tough to imagine that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are going to be double-digit losers uh, in, in this game, no matter what. I mean, look, it, it's Buffalo, and they're five wins in six attempts. They're completely healthy, and they're completely ready for this game, obviously, off of the bye. I mean, Ali, and then I'm looking here, it's already showing bakhtiari going to be questionable uh, with a, with his knee injury. If he, I mean, it, it's already Wednesday. I don't think there's going to be any difference between now and Sunday night. Without him and his push, it's going to be really, really tough sledding. Now I'm seeing Lazard hurt. I'm seeing Christian Watson hurt. There's going to be... <laughs> If, if people are complaining about the lack of offense and creativity that the Packers had in the previous seven games, this this one's going to be really, really tough. But something tells me that at the very least, the fourth quarter will probably be already decided. They'll know exactly this game is complete. Buffalo's going to get the win. Uh, maybe they're going to be up 17, maybe 14 going into the fourth quarter. I could see Packers scoring a late touchdown. Get a little backdoor. So I think they probably would lose Uh, that's, you know, and the game will be decided before the end of the uh, end of the third quarter. But I think that the green Bay Packers might keep it close and cover that spread of 11 and a half.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't fault anyone for taking 11 and a half points with Aaron Rodgers. I really don't, but you made a good point that it's not only in Buffalo, but the bills are coming off a bye. They are more than rested. We saw a few weeks ago when they had, I believe, 11 days off against after their Thursday night game, and then they played the following Monday night against Tennessee. They just completely destroyed Tennessee, put up 40-something points. I think we see a similar situation here, like we saw even week one with the Rams. The Bills want to beat the Packers. They want to continue to show they are the team to beat. They beat the defending Super Bowl champions. They're going to be the def- the team that had the number one seed in the NFC. I think that it is entirely plausible for a back to recover, but I also think it's just as plausible that we might see Jordan and love come in. If the game just gets out of hand too much in that case, I'm going with the team that I know is the best team in the league and that's the bills. And I do like the under on this one as well. What are you leaning for with
1: the total? I, I do think yeah, at 47 and a half. I, I feel it could go under. I, I think Buffalo probably their you are know, ceiling top somewhere between maybe 28, 28- perhaps 33 35 points uh i i actually do think that green bay probably can keep it close and uh, because of that i i think i ah, this is almost correlated i probably could think dog and under from
0: yeah and for me too it just this is the best defense in the nfc if the packers have had sh- trouble scoring all season how are they going to score against the best defense in the league so that's one of the reasons also why i'm going with the bills but we will talk about this i'm sure more on monday who knows maybe the packers aaron Rodgers, just pulls a vintage aaron Rodgers comes out and upsets the bills i wouldn't put my money on it so we'll see what happens now let's move on to obviously the game i want to talk the most about and that's the giants and the seahawks so robert uh, i have a lot to say about this spread but why don't you give us the odds right now
1: this one's uh, odd as well, kind of like we saw last week. Uh, Seattle opened only two points and um, the steady straight bets on the Seahawks, uh, four and three Seahawks hosting the Giants. It's going to now be a solid three everywhere and a total of Alley.
0: So when I saw the spread, I threw up my arms again. I said, what do we have to do to-, to get respect in this league? How are we three point underdogs to Seattle? But then I thought a little bit more and I was like, well, Seattle is a four and three team. You know, it's not like Seattle's two and five, one and six. Like they they are they are first place in the NFC West. They have beaten some good opponents. They just beat the Chargers last week. So I understand that, you know, take away the home field advantage. It's probably closer to pick them. But then again, I thought more. And I'm like, I like the Giants as underdogs. We've been proving people wrong. All season, and we're going to prove people wrong again this week. The Giants not only are going to cover, but they are going to win. I couldn't have said that confidently last week because I was a little worried it was going to be a trap game against the Jaguars. I knew we would cover against the Ravens, but I wasn't quick to to actually bet the money line with the Giants. I don't like to bet my team. But I will call this one, Robert, that the Giants are not only going to cover, but they are going to win this game. What's your call?
1: I, I can't disagree with you. I, I, this is, it's, it's madness at this point. If I look at the breakdown uh, from from what we've seen week over week and to see how they've developed, I, I honestly look, I I don't have the giants, you know, top 10, you know, they, I, I certainly have them ranked significantly higher than they were, you know, at the start of the year. Mm. Uh, But at the same time, I, I, I really do feel that, there's going to be a, a really minuscule amount of a difference between these two teams. So the three points, too many. Uh, I, I will be very happy to grab three points again with the Giants. Um, it's kind of be tough for me to say, you know, why not just pick them to win as well. But uh, I'd be very happy just grabbing three points with the Giants for right now.
0: Yeah, you even look at Seattle. They're going to be missing DK Metcalf most likely for this game. Tyler Lockett was banged up earlier in the week. It looks like he's going to play. So Seattle's going through a few injuries on their zone. And I just don't I, – I, I don't see Geno Smith just keeping up his consistently consistency in the next few games. We've seen a few games where he just kind of relies on Kenneth Walker. And what the Giants do well is they're actually pretty good against the rush. They don't allow a ton of rushing yards – to opposing opposing running backs. So you saw week one how they pretty much just shut down Derrick Henry. They shut down Aaron Jones against the Packers a few weeks ago. Even last week, Travis Etienne, he had the big fumble at the goal line. But uh, before that, he didn't have a big rushing game. I think that they they clamped down on Kenneth Walker. They have a very good defensive line behind Leonard Williams now healthy, Dexter Lawrence. They have, a, they have Kevin Thibodeau, who's just been – Kayvon Thibodeau who's just been getting better and better every week. I think that the Giants will I I not only do I think that they win in cover, but I think this is one of the few games, Robert, where we're not gonna have to come from behind and win in the fourth quarter. Am I crazy to think that?
1: No, no, and that's actually been the MO. It's all you keep hearing on radio and, and pretty much anywhere at this point is, you know, why you don't know, why no respect? Maybe because the Giants didn't go out and, and come out to a commanding lead. I'm really not sure what difference does that make. Uh, You know, champion horse races uh, are run where the greatest horses of all time, they just kind of sit back and then just pounce when ready. Yeah. Uh, Without comparing that, a win's a win to me. So no matter how you get there, they're still six and one, however you chop it up.
0: We talked a few weeks ago, Robert, how the Ravens, like, led the most out of any team and they only were behind for only a minuscule of minutes in all of their losses. I'd rather be the giants and be behind three fourths of the game and win at the end. than a team like the Ravens where you're winning the whole game and then you blow the lead. So I agree with you. I don't understand. It's, Oh, well the giants, they constantly have to play from behind. That's what we've done. Our enti- My entire fandom of being a giants lover is that, we always, we never do it easy. We, it, my Giants, they always make me pull my hair out. Have about five heart attacks during the game. You look at both of our Super Bowls. We had to have some amazing catches just to win in, um, in an improbable way against the greatest quarterback of all time. So the Giants don't do this easy. This is this is how we play. This is how we win. We come from behind. So again, don't understand the spread, but both you and I, Ly- I do like our team to to at least cover. I agree with Robert. Take the points. It's always better to take the points than to take the money line if you're not 100% on the money line. Three points is a good good call, especially against two teams that really, even in their wins, haven't blown anyone out. So let's move on to the last game that I do want to highlight before we get on our rapid-fire round. And the reason why I chose this game, the Cardinals versus the Vikings, On paper, it might not be the most exciting game, but it is an interesting game because we saw DeAndre Hopkins come back last week. It was clear from the beginning that his chemistry with Kyler Murray is impeccable. He does make a difference on that offense. The Vikings, they're right there sitting with only one loss on the year. They just had a bye week. So Robert, what are we looking at for this game with the odds?
1: Yeah, exactly. On the Minnesota Vikings, we opened up as a four-point favorite. Uh, and pretty much immediately got bet down to three and a half, which is where it's sitting at. So now the Vikings, three and a half. The total, we opened 47 and alley. It's now 49.
0: So this was one of the games when I, I looked at the spread and actually my immediate presumption was I'm going to go with the underdog and the points. And then I thought more about it. I was talking with a few people who love the Vikings. They're like they're like the Cardinals aren't anything. They had a lucky win against the Saints. Andy Dalton threw three picks. Two of them were pick sixes. But I actually am not going to listen to them, and I'm going to go with my instinct, and I'm going to stick with the Cardinals. I do think they match up very well against the Vikings. The Cardinals do have an underrated underrated defense. I think they will be able to clamp down on Kirk Cousins, force him to make a few mistakes. Kirk Cousins is very capable of that. And then I, look, I looked again at the Vikings record and teams that they beat. Really the only team of note that they beat, well, I shouldn't say that they beat, that they played against, was the Eagles, and they got totally embarrassed on prime time against the Eagles. I know they beat the Dolphins a few weeks ago, but the Dolphins, that was when they had Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater in. And if you look at the stats in the game, the, the Dolphins, they outgained the the Vikings something like two to one. It was ridiculous. So for me, not only am I taking the Cardinals plus three and a half, but I like the Cardinals to win this game outright. I know I've said the Cardinals were a shit show a few weeks ago, but this is a game where I think that they match up well and they're going to end up coming away with the W. What's your take on that, Robert?
1: I, I'd i say that you're you're right. I, I would lean towards grabbing points again. Uh, I waited and waited and finally we have, uh, you know, a full arsenal, if not a little bit retooled for for the offense of the Cardinals. Obviously, we've been waiting for Hopkins. He's now got, uh, you know, himself ready for week number eight. And um, you know, I, I, I honestly, of course, you know, Marquise Brown would have made a a big difference. He's going to be out for the year. Uh, you know, but there's going there's going to be help on the other side of the ball. So to grab three and a half points, definitely the way I would tackle this game. Ha. Uh but the 49 is the one that I'm looking at. I, I think that that's as it is, it's a key number, seven touchdowns. I think that goes over the total though. Uh and I'm confident that it would go over the total as much as grabbing the three and a half there. So uh dog and over, which is uh, not correlated.
0: Yeah, I, I do like the over in this one as well. The Vikings, I will say they can pull out a point, so can the, the Cardinals. I think that Clyde Murray again is just gonna be explosive. Really having DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins opens up the field for him and all of Kyler Murray's inaccuracies just get faded away because Hopkins can make some ridiculous catches. So I agree with you right there. I'm not going to read too much more into it before I change my mind again. Cardinals plus three and a half and the over. All right, let's move to our rapid fire round because we are running out of time. And let's start, Robert, with the surprise Bears who upset the Patriots and quieted down all the Bailey Zappy. Well, let's just take a second. Did you watch the Monday night game and how how crazy that cat crowd went when Bailey Zappy came into the game?
1: <laughs> of course, it's it is pretty interesting to see that happen. They really do take to their underdogs, don't they? Uh, it, it's he's kind of the one that started to rally them, and you know, just it was just too much Bears and, and too much of. I don't know, it just goes to show you, you really don't know what a team is capable of, you know, either side of the ball, you know, right. whether they play defensively or whether they put it all together like Chicago did. And that's exactly what happened. But Zappi is, I don't know, it's like they seem to just find quarterbacks, Belichick and the crew, don't they?
0: That they do. And I had actually changed my pick from we talked last week. I had originally the Patriots minus seven and a half when I heard Mac Jones would be the starter. I actually switched it to the Bears plus seven and a half, and then I was starting to regret it when Bailey Zappi came in, but he just fell apart the second half and allowed the Bears to come back. He threw, I think, two interceptions. But let's focus on the Bears right now, and they are going up against the Cowboys, best de- one of the best defenses in the NFC. Robert, what is the spread looking like for this game?
1: The spread is uh, was double digits actually. Yeah, uh, we opened it ten. Went to 11 uh, the very next morning. Uh, and then finally, that's where the ceiling was. It got that down to 10 and a half, 10. And then finally, early this morning, Dallas is a nine and a half point favorite hosting the Chicago Bears. The total, uh, same as we opened 42 and a half.
0: Yeah, and wouldn't even have mattered if that, that line stayed at 11 points because I don't think that number is even high enough. I think the Cowboys totally annihilate the Bears on Sunday and I hate the Cowboys we all know that but the Cowboys they have a fearsome defense and Justin Fields he had his nice game on Monday the Patriots allowed him to get through but I think Fields is going to be way over his head if you look what the Cowboys did to Daniel Jones on Monday night a few weeks ago and how it was just he was constantly hit how is Justin Fields going to do anything with that offensive line he has in Chicago going up against Dallas's defense not only do I like the Cowboys to win in a blowout and cover, but I also like the under on that game because I just I don't if the if the Lions could only get six points and we know how the Lions can score and I know Amon Ra got hurt early in that game too, but we still know how they can score without him. If they were only held to six points, Robert, I don't see how Chicago scores a touchdown in this one. Do you?
1: No, that's that's tough, right? I, I I think that when I saw the opening line reach 11. I'm like, no, you got me thinking, and I'm probably going to want to scratch the edge of grabbing the dog here at nine and a half. I'm not getting double digit. I I think that Dallas does just enough to tie up the bears and, and maybe top out at around 24 to 27 points. So to me, uh, I would probably circle around going under the total of 42 and a half. So my first lean was to grab points with bears actually Mm -hmm. at 11 uh, but since the double-digit dog price is gone, um, I'm going to just put a line through that one. But I do still think that under 42.5 is uh, is preferable than to go over.
0: All right. Well, let's move on to another team that has really been made betters happy the past few weeks, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going up against the Eagles. What are we looking at for the line for this game, Robert?
1: Uh, same thing here, double-digit. Eagles opened up 11 points better. Uh, it's bet down just a bit. So they're still a ten and a half point favorite over Pittsburgh. The total now 43 alley.
0: So this is one of the games I keep going back and forth with. I could easily the Eagles are coming off a bye. I can easily see them blowing out the Steelers. But then I think more and I'm like, Mike Tomlin, he just has a way where he can cover the spreads. And if you're going to give Mike Tomlin double digits, I I just hate to bet against them. So right now I'm settling on grabbing Pittsburgh with ten and a half. The Eagles, even though that they are the best team right now in the NFC, I still think that they play they play they play they play them tough. But I think they might be looking ahead, to. They have a Thursday night game. I know it's only against the Texans, but usually when teams have to play a Thursday night game, there's just a lot going through their heads. I could definitely see a backdoor cover in this one for sure. Pittsburgh, they're not just going to lay down and give up with Kenny Pickett behind, under center. So for this one, Robert, not only do I like the under, but I also am taking the, the Steelers to cover as well. Who do you like?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great point. Uh, Under is the one that I would lean towards again. uh, If Pittsburgh was only capable of putting up 10 in Miami, uh, it's not going to get any better in Philadelphia who have a far better defense in my books. So I would go under the 43 for sure. 10 and a half points sure does look good, but I could see Philly putting up about 24 to 27 where Pittsburgh, I could see them scoring about 10 to 13. it's going to be pretty close there with the spread, but under 43 for sure.
0: Just keep just, as long as they keep the Eagles off the scoreboard in the second quarter. I think that they are <laughs> to cover in this game because again, there's something about that second quarter it's with the
1: Eagles. That.
0: It's crazy. Mm-hmm. They're they're shut out in every other quarter, but some the second quarter happens and they get like 24 points in it alone. So, well, uh, we both like the under. I'm leaning with the Steelers. Robert's on the fence, but he looks like he's leaning with the Eagles to cover. All right, let's move on to another train wreck of a game. And we have the Broncos and the Jaguars. What are we looking at here, Robert?
1: We have to. Oh,
0: all well, for right. office pool, purposes, <laughs> I have to. So, yes,
1: Jacksonville opened up a four point favorite. That was too much. That was too much. Uh, so we got that all the way back down and we're currently uh, Jacksonville two and a half. Uh, as it looks like Russell Wilson will be playing this week, the total 39 and a half as low as it gets all week long.
0: Yeah, I know I took the Broncos last week thinking that they would beat the Jets and, you know, right being came in. and He just looked awful. We get a healthy Russell Wilson. I do think he's healthier this game. The Jaguars, while even if the Broncos get the win against the Jaguars, it's nothing to brag about. But I do think a healthy Russell Wilson does make a difference in this game. So I'm going to take the Broncos to cover and win. How about you, Robert?
1: It's amazing. I was going to say the same thing. I absolutely refuse to believe Denver goes to 2-6 and on the year. This is the one where they get ultra healthy, and I think they win convincingly in Jacksonville.
0: All right, let's move on to the Patriots and the Jets. What are we looking at here?
1: This one is uh, definitely another one that the game was on the move significantly. We opened up with the Patriots as pick them. Uh, it's now bet all the way up to two and a half. So the Patriots, two and a half points better and the total 40 and a half.
0: I love the Patriots in this game. This is actually one of my favorite picks of the week. It's going to be in my five best bets against the spread blog that I will release on Friday. But I think the Patriots bounce back. I think that it, even though the quarterback... Controversies up in the air right now i think it will eventually be bailey zappy that starts and the jets they lost their playmaker Brees hall unfortunately for the year i know they just acquired james robinson from the jaguars earlier in the week i don't think he's the different he's even close to the difference maker that Brees hall was that zach wilson's going to be forced to throw we know how well bill belichick does against young quarterbacks i don't think that this game is even close i think the patriots win pretty handily how about you robert
1: So funny, I I do think the clock runs out on the Jets here as well. Uh, Two points, two and a half, it really doesn't matter. I think they they definitely get a a three-point or or higher uh, win here in New York. So I'm with you on the Patriots covering the spread.
0: All right, let's move on to another dumpster fire of a game, and we got the Raiders and the Saints. What are we looking at here?
1: (laughs) This is (laughs) very well put. Uh, it was opening up as a two-point favorite for the Raiders on the road. I don't know why they're favorite to begin with, much less on the road. Uh, but now they're one and a half and the total, 49 and a half, some places all the way up to 50.
0: What's the over-under on turnovers? Because I'm taking uh, uh, the over on that one.
1: Great, great point. my goodness. Prop bet. Prop
0: bet of the day. day. Take the over. Hey, Raiders
1: might be, my Raiders will be good for a one and a half just for themselves.
0: Yeah, seriously, and we know what the Saints can do. I think they lead the league in turnovers. But, yeah, I agree with you. I have no uh, no clue why the Raiders are favored in this game. This one is a head-scratcher for me. I know we just saw how poorly the Saints played last Thursday night. Andy Dalton threw two pick-sixes within less than two minutes. He threw an end-zone interception. But the Saints team is getting healthier. I'm not sure, Robert, did we do we have any word if Michael Thomas is going to be back for this game yet?
1: Is He is still questionable.
0: He's still questionable, but I don't even think that would matter. Alave is such a beast. I think that they will get it together. The Raiders, they are nowhere near close to being even as good as the Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion. I think the Raiders, they got lucky beating the Texans, who are a terrible team, probably one of the top three worst teams in the league. The Raiders shouldn't have no business being favored in this one. I'm going with the Saints at home. How about you?
1: I, I go to the Saints here at home as well, uh, and you're getting points. You know, I, I actually thought that I would open up the Saints as a one-point favorite, but uh, you know, it's it's the what have you done for me lately syndrome, and with the Raiders almost you know uh, you know doubling up on Houston, uh, everyone was just going to keep piling up. So, and of course, being in Nevada, that's not going to really uh, uh, help matters. So, uh, Raiders one and a half, you know, two in some places. Heck, there's even a two and a half. Uh, you know, close to uh, Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, so it's it's clear that the the, the home field is is going to play a factor for betters out here. Saints, though, definitely uh, as a home uh, as the home team here, I actually do feel Ali that they're going to be the ones that'll be picking up the win this weekend.
0: All right. So we agree on that one as well. We have a lot of agreements on this episode. It's cool. (laughs) All right. How about another game where I just have no interest in, but this is again is for office pool purposes, Titans and Texans. What are we looking at?
1: Yeah, I was just looking at this one. This one's been redlined by me. Uh, There's just way too many questions at this point. However, uh, we opened up Tennessee as a four point favorite. It got bet down heavily uh, and it's now three and a half. Two and a half, it even got down as low as one and a half before settling as a two-point favorite. Um, The real question here is, you know, will Ryan Tannehill play? He injured his ankle, and uh, now he's questionable here in this game against Houston.
0: I'm going to go under the presumption that Ryan Tannehill does not play, and we see Malik Willis. That being said, all you had to tell me was Malik Willis is going to be starting for the team, and I am going to jump on the home team, the Texans, to win and cover this one. I think that if Tannehill was playing, even well, if Tannehill was completely healthy, I would have a whole different take. I don't think Tannehill, even if he plays, will be healthy. The Texans do a pretty good job, a, a pretty good job against the pass. They sh- do struggle against the run. That's the one thing that scares me. Derrick Henry should have a big game. We saw, just saw what Josh Jacobs did last week. But I think either way, if you take away one aspect and if you take away the passing game and allow the Texans to focus solely on defending the run, they might step up a bit. So for me in this one, I think that I could see Malik Willis throwing a few interceptions. Derek Stingley Jr. has really emerged as a top cornerback in that secondary. I'm going to take the underdog and the home team to both win and cover as long as Malik Willis is starting. How about you, Robert?
1: And that's a great thing, right? And I guess as of you know the the time of our recording, uh, I I have to assume it's still going to be Tannehill. And so with with Tannehill at the helm, I've got them you know, number ten squarely. We'll see that appear in my power rankings uh, not too long from today, posted online, and you'll see that Tennessee is in fact the tenth best team for me, and, and based on their power ranking with Tannehill at quarterback, I think they get picked. I think they pick up this win. Uh, a little sketchy with, uh, you know, the one and a half, two, two point spread. Four point spread definitely would have been too much. Uh, but currently at the number as a two point favorite, I think that'll be enough for them to cover and get the win. Just expect an awful lot of Derrick Henry carries.
0: Yeah. And like Robert has said in past episodes, definitely keep the Twitter, keep updated because this pick could change for me in a heartbeat. The minute I see Ryan Tannehill is clear to play or that he's 100% healthy, so keep an eye on the injury report. But as of now, if Malik Willis is starting, I'm going to go ahead inside with the Texans. If I hear there's a healthy Tannehill, I will switch my pick. All right, let's move on to the Commanders and the Chiefs, Robert. We heard earlier in the week Matt Ryan's career is probably done, not in a sense that he's completely injured, but Frank Reich had said, even if Matt Ryan wasn't suffering an injury, he would have made the decision to start Sam Ellinger as quarterback anyway. I think this is the end of the line for Matt Ryan, unless he chooses to be like a Joe Flacco and backup somewhere. But they are hosting the, or there are they are taking on the Commanders this week. So what do we have at the
1: line here? I can't believe just a couple of weeks ago, Allie, I was talking about a uh, a resurgence of Matt Ryan and how uh, effective he was. And now he's done. That's it. It's just we're never going to see him quarterback again. It's all over. Sam Ellinger is now the starting quarterback at Indianapolis, and they have fallen deep, deep off the canyon side, um, right there at the the very bottom of the pool for me. Uh, The Colts were a four-point favorite. Uh, It got bet all the way down to two and a half before finally getting a little bit of pushback. And so right now the Colts are a three-point favorite, and the total is 40.
0: I'm going to jump on the Colts for this one. I really like Sam Ellinger. I've heard nothing but praise from him, from the team from his teammates in the locker room. I think that if you look at the Colts, their problem all season was Matt Ryan. He was just constantly fumbling. He was constantly getting sacked. I think, like you saw last week when Washington benched Carson Wentz and they put in Taylor Heineke, I think you're going to see a similar resurgence of the Colts this week. So I'm going to side with Indianapolis on this one. How about you, Robert?
1: Uh, I don't think that the Commanders win, but I will take the three points.
0: All right, let's move on then to Monday night's game, which I got to give the NFL credit. Halloween night, they scheduled the Bengals and Browns, two teams that are wearing Halloween colors year round. But that yeah. was a little little clever of them. But what are we looking at for the spread here?
1: As solid as it gets, uh, we've got the Bengals a three and a half point favorite, and the totals forty-seven.
0: This is a case where it hits all my betting mechanisms. I always say, when I have two division opponents, if it's a three and a half point spread and the home team is getting three and a half points, I always jump on them because I think that in a division rivalry game, it's going to be close, especially in primetime. That's another one of my cases. We are looking at primetime, we are looking at the game is in Cleveland. I don't think Cleveland wins. Maybe they do. Either way, I think it comes down to a field goal at the end. And in that case, that half point is what's going to move me to take the Browns. How about you, Robert? That's a great,
1: great point. I I do have Cincinnati climbing up the power rankings. As a matter of fact, they're number five right now after uh, really wallowing towards the bottom, trying to figure out if we were going to see any kind of resemblance of offense that we saw from them in the previous year. Browns are the Browns. They've got two wins on the year, and it's still Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. But, Ali, you make a great point. Uh, This game, Monday night, it's two teams that have known each other for forever. And, honestly, I I think they'll be able to – if this was a three-point spread, I still think I'd feel the same way. I think catching three points here on Monday night is definitely the right move.
0: All right. So, let's – now we have all the games done. So, let's turn real quick, Robert, to survivor picks. I know there's very few people left in most survivor picks, but there are still some. I know the Bucks probably killed just about every entry the past two weeks. They killed mine two weeks ago, so I have no sympathy if you took them against the Panthers this this past week. But who do you like for the people who still have their survivor, or, or, or I should say are still alive in their survivor pools?
1: <laughs> and this is very good. I actually just charted out and made some adjustments. As I actually am one of very, very few people in a, a pretty That's significant nice. survivor pool. Uh, that the uh, locals to Nevada and maybe even beyond the the, the reaches of the border might know of uh, that's worth quite a bit of a chunk of money uh, and so the the ones that jumped out to me this week are uh, the Philadelphia Eagles the Dallas Cowboys and the Atlanta Falcons uh, why do I mention them because well Philly's going to be a favorite for many of the weeks you know they were going to be the top favorite in week nine they'll be the second biggest favorite in week 10 the biggest favorite in week 11 uh, so perhaps maybe you want to save them for a time where uh, there are not going to be many other choices outside of Philadelphia. However, to rank them, it is the Eagles, the Cowboys, and then the Atlanta Falcons. I agree
0: with all three. And then I would also add the Patriots over the Jets. I do think that they will win if you need, if you've already used your Cowboys, Eagles, or Falcons pick, which I doubt you used your Falcons pick, but the Patriots are another alternative. And I just realized we didn't do the Falcons and Panthers game, Robert. So what are we looking at for the spread in this one?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. So if we break down this game, we really wanted to find out uh, what happened here, right? Uh, Atlanta was... uh, uh, pretty much an automatic cover, no matter what. And now they find themselves in the unusual position as favorites at home. Uh, three and four Atlanta, four and a half points favorite. The total set to 41.
0: I know the Panthers had their feel-good win last week against the Bucks. I think it's an anomaly. I'm going to go back to backing the Falcons. I think the Falcons do win. Again, the Panthers are a tanking team. They got their one win out of the way, which is the Bucs basically had to do everything wrong in that game to allow the Panthers to win. I'm going to take the Panthers. I mean, I'm going to take the Falcons to win and cover. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'm the same way here. I'm not going to mess around with that train. Don't get in front of that. I think the Falcons win by a touchdown or more.
0: All right. And as we wrap up, we obviously do have the World Series starting on Friday. I know we haven't talked baseball I'm one of the few advocates that I think the the regular season should end at the end of August and that September should have playoff baseball. I think people would be more apt to tune in. I know it's hard with so much going on right now, especially if you're not an Astros or a Phillies fans. You have the basketball the NBA season has started, the NHL season started. you have college football in the right in the prime of NHL NFL football. It's a tough time to watch the World Series, but we will do our picks real quick. So, Robert, Phillies and Astros, who do you have?
1: Yeah, it's a great, great one right here. Exactly. I mean, first off, uh, it's Verlander and Nola Friday night at five o'clock Pacific. Here, Uh, we have them currently priced the Houston Astros as a dollar sixty favorite. The total six and a half over a quarter. Uh, And if you're looking to bet the series price, uh, which Game seven would actually end on Saturday, November fifth. <laughs> on on the on the note that you just made, as far as how late the baseball season oh, is going, uh, the Astros are favored to win the series. Uh, in some places, we're currently set at minus one eighty. Uh, in some places, as high as one ninety. I guess your mileage may vary depending on what book you visit.
0: So I will say I haven't really watched a ton of postseason baseball. I watched a few games in the Yankee series because obviously I'm back in New Jersey. Everyone's watching the Yankees. I saw the last two games of the of the Phillies and the Padres. But once my Red Sox weren't in it, I really just didn't tune in that much. Plus, I got to deal with a nine-month-old daughter. But for me, look, I, I actually did a lot of research when I was writing my blog today of who I like. And the more I look at it, I'm going to lean toward the Phillies. I think Bryce Harper is just on a tear with how he's been hitting this entire postseason, as well as Ryze Hoskins. I just think the Phillies have more bats that are hot right now. They are getting plenty of time off between the last game. You saw when the Yankees had to go and play the Astros in the ALCS. They barely had a 24-hour break in between. I'm going to go Phillies. I think it goes six games. I think Philly wins right at Citizens Bank, Paul Bach in game six. So I'm going to take Phillies in six. How about you, Robert?
1: Brilliant. Okay, we'll go against each other here. I think that it's going to be the Houston Astros. And I think that they do, in fact, win it in six games as well. Verlander is pretty much as good as anyone. So has Valdez been. That one-two punch is going to be too much. And I think they're going to see the Phillies' bats go pretty silent just because of that. And so I'll pick Houston in six.
0: All right. Well, we will talk about it next week. It should be close to being over, but I want to thank everyone for joining. Robert and I will be back on Monday to recap all the games and play another fun game of Buy or Sell as another fun segment that I will think up of on Sunday night. But I want to thank everyone for joining. And before we sign off, Robert, any last thoughts or advice? Uh,
1: once again, it's this exactly What You mentioned about just 10 minutes ago, keep yourself up to date, find everything that you need right on Twitter. You could follow me, of course, at Robert Kowalski. And of course, nothing but locks, all the information you possibly could want and more right there, right in front of you.
0: All right. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate you all for joining. And we will talk soon. Bye-bye.